0: Are you alive and well? Are you ready? Somebody somebody brought a tambourine to church. I heard the sound of tambourine in the middle of transition, but praise God. How are we all doing? Come on, talk to me. I know it's cold out there, but it's got to be hot on the inside in Jesus' name. Well, hey, Uh, real joy always to bring the word. I haven't spoken here for a few weeks now. We had Pastor Colin two weeks ago, then we had my beautiful wife last week, and so uh, I'm ready to launch, ready to launch. Leah sends her apologies. We've got a bunch of unwell kids at home, and so uh, she's uh, volunteered to uh, do daycare. Uh, And so uh, I sort of nominated her. But... uh, I've got, we're going to kick off, I think, what I think is going to be a great conversation that I believe is going to carry us. I honestly believe it's going to be a reference point in the years to come. Uh, and it literally came out of a moment, uh, I, I don't know if it was praying, I was just really thinking, talking, uh, and, and it was just one of these moments, uh, and, 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 the, and the word that I had was Wilderness. If you read the Bible, you will constantly come across this word called the wilderness. Uh, we don't talk about it too much in church life a lot of times, but it's there throughout scripture. Uh, and, and the best example of that, and so really, I'm, I'm kicking off a, a series called Why Wilderness? Why Wilderness? That's literally what the series is gonna be called Why Wilderness? like uh, parcel when you could have put why the wilderness no no just why wilderness we gotta keep it ww you know what i'm saying <laughs> why wilderness think about this right you got a bunch of guys a, a generation called the israelites joseph goes into egypt are you with me joseph goes into egypt towards the end of uh genesis and they settle in there And then the next generation becomes slaves and the generation after, they're held in captivity for 400 years. How many of you know that's a long time? 400 years is a long time, right? Uh, 400 days is a long time. It's longer than a year. 400 hours is a long time, but 400 years. And then God says... God raises up this man called Moses and says, you need to rescue these people. You're going to be the the savior. You're going to be the redeemer. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your hands. I'm going to use your mouth. And you're going to lead them, thousands, millions of people from captivity, right, into the promised land. Isn't that what it says? So I want you to think about this. People have been captive for 400 years. And we've all watched the movies where, the guy's been in prison for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And what happens, they come out of prison. What's the first thing they want to do? They want to have a burger. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, can I just get me a happy meal, right? So, so they've come out of prison. It's worse than prison. It's captivity, right? If you compare the prisons of, of today to the captivity of then, the prisons of today would feel like a country club. Uh, and so they've been absolute oppression, absolute cap- captivity for 400 years, generation upon generation. People were born into the, that system of captivity. That's all they've known all their lives. And now they hear the ringing of freedom. So like people are now choosing about, you know, most of them don't know what life outside is, but they know it feels like freedom. And, and, and they hear rumors of this thing called the promised land. In fact, Exodus chapter three, verse 16, God is talking to Moses. And these are the words that are being released from the lips of God. Verse 16, it says, Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. Verse 17, and I've promised to bring you up out of your misery. In Egypt, into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, Hevites, and the Jebusites. Check it out. A land flowing with milk and honey. So here I am, born in the system of captivity, born in the system of slavery all my life. And then I hear rumors of this prince that's supposed to be of my bloodline called Moses, who's going to come and deliver me and lead me out of captivity Into a land flowing with milk and honey. I don't know about you, but the moment I leave Egypt, the question I have is, Show me the honey. And that's the title of this message Show me the honey. And so God promises, These are the words of God. I'm going to lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. But guess what? When they came out, they saw no honey, they saw no milk, they saw a few miracles. It reminds me of some of our altar calls. I mean, all the time, I'm here up here giving people the opportunity to receive Jesus. If you put your trust in Jesus, your life is gonna be better. If you put your trust in God, everything's gonna be awesome. If you put your trust in Jesus, things are gonna be amazing and you sign up and then three months later, you're asking God, where is the honey? (laughs) Isn't that amazing that God takes them out of slavery, out of oppression? and puts them in the wilderness. And so out of that whole construct, out of that whole idea, I felt like there's a message that sometimes there's a conversation that sometimes we refuse to have, but we actually live through. And it's hard because you never wanna preach a gospel of grief. Yeah, come to Jesus, everything's gonna be horrible. (laughs) Who wants to sign up to that, right? At least work on the marketing, say it's amazing right, and, but, but it feels like wilderness, and I want to change our language around this idea of the wilderness, because I think so many times we pray off the wilderness, we rebuke the wilderness, we prophesy against the wilderness, but yet God chooses to put us in a wilderness. It's interesting, I mean, I'm sort of getting into week three probably in my message, but Jesus gets baptized by the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, <laughs> Sometimes it's not the devil that led you there. Sometimes it was the Holy Spirit, the wilderness. And, 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 and you, think about, you think about the testimony, right? You know, you talk about, I was lost, but now I was found. I was blind, but now I see. What kind of testimony would the Israelites have? I was in captivity, and now I'm hanging around with the scorpions. In the wilderness. And I begin to ask, firstly, as I begin to read through my Bible on what is the wilderness. Now I'm not saying that literally after the service that we're gonna have a physical activity of all of us going into no man's land uh, in the outbacks. That's not what I'm talking about. The wilderness in, 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 in the Bible, yes, was physical places, but for us today are spiritual, emotional states that we find ourselves in. And I wanna probably talk about just really create definition this morning And I believe there's gonna be nods and ahas and sort of true conviction in this room as I sort of share what I found in Scripture. First thing is what is the wilderness? The wilderness is that feeling where you feel millions of miles away from God. I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, it was like everything was amazing. It was literally like God woke me up and God put me to bed and God was with me in the foyers and God was with me in the cafe and God was having lattes with me and God was hanging out with me. I was walking through the car park and I feel the hand of God. The first six months of my salvation journey, friend, was amazing. And then suddenly it's like he's not turning up to coffee. He's missed his appointment to wake me up five times. I don't feel the buzzy feeling. I don't feel the warmth. It feels extra windy, though it's 37 degrees on the outside. What's going on, God? And I begin to feel the sensation in the first after the first six months of my 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 experience with God of feels like God's a bit distant. And then eventually it was like, I feel like you're so far away. How many of you have ever felt that where you feel like God is a million miles away? And maybe you feel like maybe you're feeling that right now. Friend, I want you to understand that you're going through a wilderness. It's a place where you feel like the tangible presence of God is not there. You feel elements of his presence, but you don't feel the constant tugging of his presence. That is one of the elements of what the wilderness is. The second characteristics of what a wilderness is, is when the promises that God has made to you seem so far. In fact, if anything, every day you feel like you're walking further away from the promises of God. Every person in this room has been given a dream, has been given a promise, has been given a prophetic word, has been given a prophetic idea, a vision, an understanding, a revelation of where God is calling them to. But it just seems like you've woken up and every day you wake up and you feel like you're further and further and further away. You're trying to do things to orchestrate now the word of God, but it seems like nothing is happening. My friend, there's a huge possibility that you're experiencing the torrents of the wilderness where you feel like, God, you've promised these things and you said this is gonna happen and that's gonna take place and when's that gonna happen and this happened yesterday and that's gonna happen tomorrow and all these things that are happening around me it doesn't feel like I'm stepping any, any inch further to the call but it feels like I'm stepping further away from the call. Where are your promises let me tell you, the Israelites felt the same. They were promised the promised land. But yet where they were standing did not feel like a promise. And, and, and there are people that I know even in the room this size where you feel like some of the things, some of the promises, some of the dreams, some of the things that were not even yours, that you feel like you've walked away or you feel like God sort of stepped away. You feel like, I'm not stepping into those things. Well, I want you to know those are some of the elements of the wilderness, the third thing that happens when you're going through the wilderness is you feel forgotten. People that were once connected with you, people that were once part of your world, people that that were there, that were strong encouragement, that were like a coach, a mentor, like a spiritual advice to you, people that did you really esteemed, just you just forgotten. And not just them, but generally you just feel like no one does anybody know I exist. It feels like. Where, where, am, where am I, God? And, and if you're feeling any of these things where you feel like God is a million miles away, where you feel like the promises of God are further tomorrow than even it was today, and if you feel like you've been forgotten, there's a huge possibility that you're situated in a place that really does exist that the Scripture reminds us of this morning called the wilderness. And so now that we've defined what is the wilderness we got to ask the question, why do I need to go through the wilderness? Why do I need to go through the wilderness? I love how the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is speaking to His children. He's speaking to the children of Israel, and He's saying these words. And I want to read this, but I want to give some commentary as I go. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1, it says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. I want to stop there for a moment. Friend, I want to encourage you this morning. If you feel like you are in the wilderness, what I love about this text is it says that God still led you. That even if you feel like you're in a wilderness season, you're still being led by God. You know, you can have all the wealth in the world, all the riches, all the friendships, all the contacts, all the platforms, all the prominence that you think that satisfies in this life. But if you don't have the presence of God, there's none of that that you really need. But even in your wilderness season, I want to speak encouragement to you that he's led you. He's led you there. God led you all the way. And check out what it says, these 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years. If you actually study the book of Exodus, you will actually read that God's heart was to take them through the wilderness only for a year. Side note, you cannot reduce your wilderness season, but you can overstay your time. You cannot reduce, God, take the season away. God, reduce it by six months. Take it away by three months. Shave it off, Lord. I've been, behave, I've been behaving well. Send me out on parole. No, you can't negotiate those things. But your, you, our behaviors, our attitude, our character during the wilderness season is gonna determine how many times we're gonna go around the mountain like the children of Israel. God's intention was for them to go once, But they kept going round and round and round because their attitude never matched up. See, the reason why they needed to go through the wilderness, we will learn as we go through these next couple of weeks, is because God recognized that he could not take into the promised land. See, God can have the whole package together, but if you're not all together, you will mess up. God God could not allow their slave mindset to enter into a place where he was calling them to be sons and daughters of the most high God. So he said, I need to take you to the wilderness to prepare you. I need to take you to the wilderness to develop character in you. I need to take you into the wilderness to teach you what it's to become a nation, what it's to become a royal priesthood, what it's to become a son, what it's to become a daughter, what it's to live by faith, what it's to see the waters move, what it is to see manna from heaven. I need to take you through a season of that to make you productive into the promised land. But so many times with God, we say, God, I signed up, but what I signed up for is not what I'm getting. But you got to understand that there are seasons of wilderness that we must go through to produce the character that is required for the promise ahead of the wilderness. And so we read that these 40 years, God puts them in the wilderness, so they, they extended it, and it says, to humble you, verse two, and test you, To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Forty years in the wilderness. Verse 3, humbled you. So let's stick stick to verse 2. To humble you and to test you. Actually, let's even read verse 3. It says, so he humbled you. Who's that God? Allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what was God's intention, first intention? To humble them. If you're going through a wilderness season in your life, it's for God to humble us. It's for God to humble you. Now this word humility gets a bad spin. Sort of like, oh, humble down. It's like telling a child, oh, attitude there. Watch that attitude you got to understand in the kingdom, the word humility and the word to be humble is actually quite an attractive word. What does James teach us? James chapter 4 teaches us that God gives grace to the humble. So let's talk about grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is divine access to the things that you don't deserve. Grace is the blessings of God. Grace is the mercy of God. So God has grace for us. That's definition number one. The second definition for grace is God's empowerment. So for what you need in life, God needs to empower you. So what God recognized was for them to access what God has for them in the promised land, they need a new kind of grace. God was saying you have a level of grace when you're in Egypt but this kind of grace is not the kind of grace you need when you're about to enter the promised land. I need to produce in you new grace. I need to produce in you new empowerment. I need to produce in you new kairos, new giftings, new callings. And the way God produces new grace within us is through an education called humility. And how he allows us to be humble is by putting us in the wilderness. Are you tracking with me? So we're complaining, oh God, it's it's horrible here. There's no air conditioning. God's saying, no, you don't understand what is on the other side of the wilderness. On the other side of the wilderness is the promised land. I can give you the promised land today, but you don't have the grace to handle it. You don't have the empowerment to sustain it. You don't have the gifting to hold together this new nation that I'm about to establish in you. And hence, I need to take you through a lesson called humility and the greatest place, the greatest classroom of humility. Humility is a school called wilderness. And so if you're going through a wilderness season, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's dry. Yes, it's dead. But God is causing humility. He's causing opportunity for us to humble ourselves because God gives more grace to the humble, but He resists the proud, James chapter 4. And so if you're going through a season where you feel like nothing's working, everything seems horrible, everything's bad, what you got to understand is, yes, it might be bad, but more grace is coming upon you. More giftings is coming upon you. More abilities being put into your account. You may not even see that today, but when you step into the promised land tomorrow, you will be ready to face the giants and the, and, the, and the mountains ahead of you in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we take a moment to thank God for His eternal grace and for seasons that seem difficult, but yet is required for us to step into what He has for us. What I love about this text is it says in verse 3, he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. I want you to notice it. it says he humbled you. We spoke about that. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna. That sounds like a contradiction. How can God allow you to hunger but yet feed you? He, he allowed you to hunger but yet fed you with manna. So God, are you letting me go hungry or about to feed me? It's both. It's both. It goes on to say, let's read verse four. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell in these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. So we read this and we preach about it. Man, these guys, they had, they had, they had their shoes. They never had to change their shoes. Their shoes just never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. Their, you know, everything was taken care of but for the Israelites, this was a painful thing. They didn't want this. They wanted to go shopping. They wanted to go to H&M. Yeah. <laughs> get, get, get me some, oh, someone just woke up. Give <laughs> me, me some Zara today. You know what I'm saying? You know, give me some, uh, just just make it all happen. Give me some, get me some culture kings. But, but what God was doing was he was saying, no, in this season, I will give you what you need, not give you what you want. So when you go through a wilderness season, you will find that all your needs will be taken care of, but your wants will be not because God is removing the element of choice. So some of us feel that way because it seems like our choices have been taken away from us. And we feel like we've been punished. No, God is allowing that for a reason. He's taking the choices. He's taking, he's dealing with the preferences. He's dealing with the options. He's saying, no, there's going to be a season where you will have choices. There's going to be a season where you will get what you need or whatever, what you want. But in this season, I will only satisfy your need. I'll give you enough to stabilize you in the wilderness. See, there's a reason why God does that. The reason why God even Does not God is so good that he does not give you everything you need in your wilderness season because he does not want you to make a home in the wilderness. See, so many times we're in a wilderness season. We say, God, just give me that little bit, that little bit of my want. And God says, no, I cannot. I refuse to because you're not destined to die in the wilderness. You're not destined to make a home in the wilderness. We're just passing through this wilderness to learn the lessons we need to learn. But you got to understand, so when God is rejecting your prayer, it's not because God does not like you. It's because he loves you. Is because he's saying, no, I've answered your prayer, but it's waiting for you in the promised land. <laughs> See, some of you like, God, when are you going to answer that prayer? God's saying, I've already answered it. It's just in another place, and you're on your way to that place. But right now, I'm dealing with your character. Right now, I'm dealing with your humility. Right now, I'm dealing with your pride. Right now, I'm re- dealing with your anger. I'm dealing with your arrogance. I'm re- dealing with all these things. So that when you enter into that, you will have the maturity to handle what is ahead of you. This is good preaching. It's preaching to me right now. I'm preaching myself happy right now. But you got to understand this, church, that the things that you've been praying for, and you're like, God, you don't love me. No, He loves you. That's sort of why He's caused the delay. And it's coming, but let's not be so focused on that. Let's be focused on what He's trying to teach us this morning. He says, your garments did not wear out. Your foot did not swell these 40 years. And, and, and I love what it says that God was doing this to reveal what was in their hearts. See, it's, it's, not, it's not pleasure that reveals what is within us, it's pressure that reveals what is within. And God will allow situations like the wilderness to come our way for the pressures of life, for the torments of, of situations to press within us, to reveal what needs to be revealed so that it can manifest. And in the right environment, he can bring deliverance, he can bring healing, he can bring strength, he can deal with it. And, and it's a powerful thing that begins to happen. And we gotta understand this because in verse five, he says, you should know in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. know we've got three girls now one is seven and a half the other is three and the last one is one and the way we discipline each of them is very different so we're having this thing where I mean our our first our first child she's really polite so she doesn't express anything but it's all written on our face because now when we're going out we don't tie her shoelaces anymore we don't dress her up anymore We don't, and, 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 but the other kids are getting our attention. Hey, you got to put that on, put this on. And every now and then I see a look from Elise that says, I feel like the others are getting preferential treatment. See, some of you feel that way about God, because you're like, God, I feel like you're taking care of their needs and you're tying their shoelaces and putting on their wristbands and you're buying them this t-shirt and they get to sleep in while I need to wake up at six in the morning and dress me up and put on my clothes and go to school and i feel like i'm on this regimental schedule so you got to understand that our our our, our, our 7 year old is on a different development scheme is on a different maturity pathway and so if you feel like a lot of times like things are harder for you it's actually a compliment because god thinks you're mature enough to handle it because what you got to understand is At the end of the day, when Elise is getting into into the vehicle to go to school, we still observe her. It might just be a glance, but she doesn't know. But we we make sure she's wearing the right socks and she's wearing the right shoes and she's wearing the... But what we're trying to do in her, we're trying to produce in her leadership instincts. We're trying to produce in her individuality. We're trying to develop in her decision-making skills. And and, and the biggest disfavor we can do to her is treat her like she's two when she's actually seven. And some of you are praying to God and you're praying hard and you're praying in tongues and you're speaking in unknown languages and in multiple different languages, but you're saying, God, treat me like a two-year-old when God is saying, no, you're not a two-year-old anymore. I'm calling you to rule and reign. I'm calling you to discern. I'm calling you to lead. And so I need to develop some character in you. I need to develop some leading of, of, and some of you feel that way. You're like, God, I remember back in the day, you used to tell me what to order in the cafe. You used to tell me what to wear. But this morning, God, you didn't tell me. God said, Because back then you were a baby. When you were a baby, you speak like a baby, you think like a baby, you act like a baby. But now you're a child, you're on a, now you're a man, you're a woman, you're on a different diet. And so I don't need to tell you to order a latte at 8 a.m. in the morning. You are led, for those of us that are sons and daughters of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. And so He's preaching leadership within us. You have not lost your intimacy, you've just gone to a whole nother level. So stop praying for that kind of discernment because that kind of discernment will never come because it's already developed in you. He's put in you. If you're still asking God what to order at a cafe, when are you gonna rule and reign? When are you gonna make decisions for cities and nations? The Bible says you will disciple nations, not just be led by the Spirit to order what kind of latte. Praise God for the discernment that we get when we need to order a coffee, but God's called us great for the greater things. So, so what do I do? To Elise, I tell her to put her shoes on. To Nora, I help put her shoes on. But there's going to come a day in age when Nora is of age where she has got to put her shoes on, where she's got to take care of herself. And so that is what the wilderness does. The wilderness produces within us characters, disciplines, and abilities to be led by the Spirit of God. And so I want you to understand that this season of going through the wilderness is a powerful season. Anybody used greatly of God in scripture went through a wilderness season. Joseph, Moses, David, Jesus, anybody you see in the Bible went through a wilderness season. People that never went through a wilderness season ended up doing not so good. Adam, Samson, Saul, Solomon. Dad had wilderness season, Solomon never did. So you gotta understand, if you're going through a wilderness season, it's a blessing from God. That's saying, I'm producing in you the abilities, the characters, the disciplines, the discernments, the understanding, the dependency. And I like what it says, that he fed them. I made you Let's, let's, let's look at verse three again. He humbled you, allowed you to hunger. Actually, no, verse, uh, yep. Yeah, actually verse, yeah, verse three. And fed you with manna. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna. When you go through a wilderness, God will starve what needs to be starved. God will remove what needs to be removed. And he'll feed you with manna. You know why? Because he wanted us to know that man shall not live by bread alone. Because Alwin, when I take you into the promised land, it will not just be bread the <laughs> it'll be croissants, it'll be pastries, it'll be pastas galore, it'll be pizza heaven, but you will know because you went through the wilderness that man cannot live by pastas and pizzas and croissants alone, but by the word of God. God, I need a word. I need a word. I need a vision. I need a revelation from you, God. Thank you for all the things that's come in the promised land, but God, I remember what you saved me from. I remember the season of lack. I remember the season of nothingness. I remember when I could not feel your presence, but it is in that season you developed in me the finesse the character the understanding to discern to discern through all the privileges and the preferences of life because I need to hear a word from God because that's the word that's going to carry you through every season in your life and so God put them on a special diet to teach them dependency to his voice sometimes God will remove the different voices in your world to show you all the one true voice sometimes God will remove the different sources of meat in your world to help you understand true meat. Sometimes God will remove the different kinds of bread in your world to show to you the true bread of life. Sometimes God will remove from your world all the drinking options to show you the one river of life. Sometimes God will remove all the choices of that to show you there's only one way in life, for I'm the way, the truth and the life. So if you're going through a wilderness season, my friend, congratulations because you're handpicked, you're chosen by God, you're called, you're appointed for a special purpose. Don't despise the days of the wilderness because it's in the days of wilderness that God has defined in you. God is creating depth in you. God is producing character in you. God is putting gifts in you that you do not even know of that's going to pop forth in the seasons to come. But my friend, congratulations if you're in the wilderness season. I want to talk about just as we come to a close, what the wilderness season is not. Because sometimes we can go from here thinking, oh yeah, I'm in the wilderness season, and just really sad about it and really praying about it. And, just counting the days for it to end. What what is it not? Number one, wilderness is not God's punishment or disapproval of you. If you're going through a wilderness season, it's not because God's punishing you. It's not because God's disapproved of you. If that's what you got from this message, that's not what this message is. It's actually God saying, no, my child needs to go through that. The second thing about what the wilderness season is not is The wilderness season is not God abandoning you. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now your feelings of God, the way you've tapped into God, the way you've experienced God, that may change. That might have changed. But God has not forsaken you. God has not abandoned you. In fact, He's there with you. As He said to them in the book of Deuteronomy, I led you through the wilderness. I was there with you. Notice, in fact, if you read the Bible, every miraculous moment, God was there. When they ran out of water, water came from the rock. When they ran out of food, food came from the sky. Uber eats for the very first time. On drones, it was coming down. When they they ran out of things, God was there. He supplied what they needed, not what they wanted because He will never abandon us, never leave us. Number three, what the wilderness is not, it's not us being put on the shelf. So many times people feel like, oh, God's using them and God's using her and God's using him. But I guess my time, I'm just on the shelf. And I guess when God's in a better mood, he'll use me. It's not you being put on a shelf. And, and also with that, your wilderness season is not God wasting your time. You know what the Bible says? That he will rede- redeem lost time. God cannot redeem the time loss he cost in the first place. He's not not redeeming time that he wasted. God is not wasting your time. It's a time of preparation. And number four, the wilderness is not defeat. In fact, your wilderness is your victory. Your wilderness is your place of triumph. Your wilderness is your place of new beginnings. Your wilderness is your place of increase. Your wilderness is is your place of God expanding you, God increasing you, God producing in you fervor and faith. And character and grace and giftings and callings and understanding it's your season it's your season I feel like even I'm prophesying to somebody in this room right now where you feel like you're on a season of dry and dead you're on a season of broken and destroyed but I want to speak into you an a season of depth a season of increase a season of life a season where the water will come out of the rock you might be looking for the honey But God is saying, look for the water that's coming from the rock. You might be looking for the milk, but the Lord's saying, I've provided manna for you from my word. You've been looking for friends, but God says there's a friend that seeks closer than a brother. You might be looking for this in this season, but God is saying, I've got you that happening in this season. Come on, if you're in this room and you're saying, I'm going through a wilderness season, you just defined it for me. I felt like I was disobedient. I felt like there was something wrong. I've been repenting of stuff that I never even did. You've been repenting of drugs. You've never done drugs. You're just saying, God, I'm sorry if I took drugs in the all. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. The other day, somebody was smoking, a bit of cigarette got into me. Lord, I'm sorry for smoking. God, I'm sorry. I went to the hospital, gave him my blood, Blood. maybe the needle was used for something else. God, I'm sorry for taking up substances, Lord. I'm sorry you drank ginger, ginger beer. Lord, I'm sorry for drinking beer. You've been repenting of stuff that you didn't even repent of. But right now, right now, right now, you're saying, you've just defined my season. I do not know what was going on. I thought I was rejected, but now I recognize that I've been selected. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you're saying, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I feel like I'm in the wilderness, and I thought I was abandoned. But now I've learned this morning that you've been right next to me all along. And this season is a requirement, is necessary for the next. This season is gonna be the season where I hear your voice with clarity. This season is gonna be a season where I see you move in incredible depth in my life. If that is you right now, and you're saying, that's for me, lift your hands up across this room. You're saying, that's for me, There's hands going across the room, hands going across the room, saying, that's my wilderness. Yes, I'm going through a wilderness season. Come on, just lift those hands up high. Don't be ashamed. Father, I thank you God for hands that are going up across this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, God, for each and every person's need right now. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would use this message and speak in a powerful way, that this morning that we would walk out from this room strengthened, empowered, filled with Your Spirit, knowing that God is not against me, but He is for me. Lord, I thank You, God, for the wilderness season. This is not my home. This is only temporary. My destination is somewhere else. But, Lord, I embrace everything that You want to teach in me. You want to produce in me through this season of going to the wilderness, Lord. I thank You for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.